Welcome to 781, baby. We have Serial Killer Monday coming right in the second half of the show. It's going to be on Spotify. I'm Spotify, all the major podcast platforms, all that good stuff. I'm a little late today. That's why it's scheduled and not premiering. Happy 4th of July, our independence from Great Britain. And boy, are they still salty, some of them people over there. But hey, we love them. God save the queen. Anyway, I figured I'd take this episode in a different direction. Other than uh, Biker News, we'll get back to that uh, on episode 782 of what's going on around the scene. One thing as a creator that we get a lot of is questions about MCs and stuff like that. Now, I've stated in the past, I really don't like doing protocol. I don't really like talking about club stuff other than in the biker news, because that's in news. A lot of the questions we get is, is it worth joining a motorcycle club? And there's so many variables to that question. It's a personal decision and something that you really shouldn't seek advice on. Because we don't know your personal position. We don't know where your standing is as far as your responsibilities that you have to others and your family. So it's really hard to even give an answer to that kind of question. Now, I can talk to you personally about me and just me because, again, I don't know the you know position other creators are in. I know a lot of protocol channels talk about it, but... As far as personally to me, is it worth it? No. Been there, done that, and I'm just in a different position in life right now where something like that don't even come to my mind. Because there's so much more to, how can I say it, what's going on in my life to even be able to put any effort into joining a motorcycle club. Did I like it when I was in there? Yeah, but there's a lot of politics I didn't like. There was a lot of backstabbing. And you got to be honest about that kind of stuff. There is a lot of that. You know, you see a lot of people thinking that it's going to be all freaking roses when you join. Oh, we're going to have a bunch of brotherhood. Rarely. I, well, I shouldn't say rarely. But a little bit of the time, that isn't the case. Now, you can find it. But the way it's talked about. And how I've covered the news over the years. It's hard to say definitely on that. You have to know when I talk about responsibilities. 
responsibility is your family. They have to come first. You know, screw a club coming first. Because in the end, all that's going to do is cost you if you think that way. I did. And it costed me a little bit. You know, family, kids, all that type of stuff. As you grow older, because it's different when you're younger. When you're younger, you're out there, you're full of cum, you're ready to go, man. You want to blast. But when you get older, you start looking back and saying, hmm, was this the right decision for me? What did it cost me? And that's one of the factors that you got to put in you your decision. Do you work a lot of hours? If you work a lot of hours, how are you going to be able to make the functions? How are you going to be able to make the meetings? Because all that's going to do is have the other members looking at you cross-eyed. Because you can't make it. Now, they say work before club. Well, you have to say, well, what if my work interferes with the club? You got to put food on your table. And do you have the expenses or the means to meet those expenses to be in a club? Especially if you have one that has a clubhouse, uh, has a lot of runs. That's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And you got to factor that into your decision. I don't know how many times I saw people who couldn't make their dues. And instead of paying their light bill or their rent, they would make sure the dues were first. And if you ask me, Priorities are kind of screwed up right there if you're paying dues, even though you can't afford them, but you're taken out of your house fund or your bill fund to pay it. Not cool whatsoever, because that's going to start causing you problems at home. And a lot of people don't think about that or they don't want to think about that. You know, you see the difference? They don't with an emphasis want to think about that and then they wonder why there's problems at home and you got to make sure everybody in your household's with you on this type of stuff especially when you're starting to miss kids birthdays or your anniversary and you'll hear a lot of people bashing on guys that want to take care of their old ladies. They want to take care of their wives so they can't show up to this or that. So you got to figure out your commitment level. Like me, I can't do it. No, got too much stuff going on. And I don't feel any remorse whatsoever in that decision. Like I said, been there, done that. And it's something I don't need. Because I got a lot of obligations to me. And if I can't put all the time and the work in, then what's the point? 
not only are you hurting yourself, you're wasting the time of the club. You see where I'm going with this? So it's a personal decision you got to make. You can't ask other people what we think. Now, I know protocol channels would say it different, but I'm just straight up. It's something that's very personal. You don't need advice from somebody like us to make your decision. Sit down, do your pros and cons, and figure it out yourself. That's what I have to say to that. Anyway, guys, nice short segment on this one. We're going to go to Serial Killer Monday. Uh, You'll be able to listen to it on all the podcast platforms with China Down. We're talking about Richard Speck today. My God, with that guy. he You know what? He really changed at the time that that happened. The way a lot of, you know, society just seemed to go downhill from there. Anyway, let's go to the music break. We'll be right back.
with the old school rock and roll stream. I love this station. WMMR BB Rockford. I love this station too. I really do. Why? Because I'm on it. Well, I have to admit, China Dow's on it too last night and this morning. My goodness gracious! I'm mm. thinking about last night. And I just said that. I was stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. How's everybody doing out there today? Woo. We going to get some fireworks going, hopefully? I mean, I can do my own kind of fireworks, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I might have some later. Uh, you might have some later? Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving that alone. Yeah, I think you better leave that alone. Today we got Serial Killer Monday. Yes. And we got one that really changed the way things... It was pretty bad. It changed the way society was and all that type of stuff. And we're going to cover... Richard Speck. Yeah. That was one sick SOB. Yeah. I'm talking sick. He's a spe- he's another special kind of special. Yeah. You got that right. Yes. Let's l- let's get a little info on him. Well, Richard Benjamin Speck was born in 1941 and lived until 1991. Mhm. He was a mass murderer who killed eight nurses. It was eight, not seven? It was eight. It was supposed to be nine. Holy shit. Yes. At their Chicago residence via stabbing, strangling, slashing their throats, or a combination of all three on the night of July 13th and 14th. One victim was also raped prior to her murder. A ninth potential victim, a student nurse, survived by hiding beneath a bed. And he didn't even. How did he get all eight of them together? One right after the other, room to room. So he kind of like was a Ted Bundy. Yeah, I guess in a sense. With nurses and shit. I guess in a sense he was. Because he went into their residence and went one room at a time. And it just so happens that the one girl was hiding under her bed. So he missed her. Let me guess. He had mommy and daddy issues when he was younger, right? You know, when he was younger, he was a psycho. He did a lot of shit when he was younger. Like, tall ass shit. What do you what's to say that he did uh, when he was younger? Well, he did very many burglaries. He did. Um, he was basically an alcoholic by the time he was fifteen. Where the fuck were his parents? Well, his dad died when he was like six. Okay. And then his mom married a drunk. And Always lovely a drunk. And his dad, the one before he passed, his actual dad, was actually a very good, hardworking man. Mm-hmm. But the stepfather was a real piece of work. So they're blaming uh, the stepfather because he's a psychopath? 
Oh, I mean, that's probably one of his reasons. Mm. I mean, he he had... So, oh, man, he, he was so messed up. By the time he was 20... Let's see. By the time he was 21, he was already serving a three-year sentence for forgery and burglary. He forged a co-worker's signature to a $44 paycheck. Robbed a grocery store for cigarettes, beer, and $3 in cash. Yeah, but that's a big step up, the serial killer. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, and then he was arrested. He only served 16 months for that. Then he was arrested again in 1965. He attacked a woman in a parking lot by wielding a 17-inch carving knife, but the woman fled, scre- the woman fled screaming. The cops arrived a few minutes later. They got him just a few blocks away, and because of an error in his thing, because he was on, you know, probation, mm. like a parole violation he got violated with, so he was convicted of aggravated assault, given a 16-month sentence to run concurrently with his parole violation, but due to an error, he was released just after six months. And you know... His probation officer said when he was drinking, he would fight or threaten anybody as long as he had a knife or gun. Oh, yeah. And when he was sober or unarmed, he couldn't face down a mouse. Nope. So he needed a knife or a gun. Yeah, and and, and, and almost, and almost 100% of the time it was a knife. That just goes to show you what kind of human being he really was. Yeah. He was a fucking coward. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Speck worked for this one company as a driver. It was a meat company. And he had six accidents in the company truck and was fired just for failing to show up to work. He did not get fired for all the accidents, but he got fired for not showing up one day. Mm. Then he, you know... By this time, you know, he was he was already uh he he moved in with this divorce woman who was I guess an ex-professional wrestler and a bartender mm. in 1966. And Speck stabbed a man with in a knife fight in the bar where this girl worked. He was charged with aggravated assault. But the defense attorney that was hired by his mom got the charge reduced to disturbing the peace. And he was fined $10 and jailed for three days. You see a pattern here? Oh, yeah. He's progressing. Well, progressing, but I'm talking about the law system. Yeah. Where felony after felony after felony, Mm -hmm. they let him walk. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of throwing him in the fucking slammer for 20 years... This might have not have happened. Yeah. And then we go to March of 66. He bought a 12-year-old car. Doesn't say what kind. Robbed a grocery store the following evening, stealing 70 cartons of cigarettes, which he sold out of his trunk of his car at the grocery stores in a grocery store parking lot, which, which happens to be good. the same grocery store he robbed. Ouch. <laughs> Dumbass. Which, I don't know, sounds like a good idea now, since, you know, 
Cigarette prices are up. <laughs> so the police tracked the car to Speck, which he abandoned, and we, they issued a warrant and arrest for uh, warrant for his arrest for burglary. He was apprehended under that warrant and arrested once again and resulted in another prison term. See what I mean? But it was a short-term prison term because then he was only, he, he got arrested on the 8th. He was out on the 9th. So you see what I mean? It's a progressive thing where they let him loose. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say the Justice Department, uh, wherever he was. That was in Texas. That was in Texas. Yeah, all that stuff we just talked about They were responsible for these nurses. Because then, on March 9th, when he got out after a day, he got on a bus and came to Chicago. Came to Chicago. Yes. Yes, he did. So that's right there telling you that he could have been stopped. Yeah, he was staying in Monmouth. Monmouth? 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 Yeah, yeah. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Where he was, uh, that's where his childhood home was. <sighs> Man, let me tell you, this guy's a special kind of special. Well, that's what... It just, it just continues. At the end of March, he, while, while Speck and some acquaintances were bar hopping in, uh, on, a, on a trip to Gulfport, Illinois, they were detained overnight by police... After Speck reportedly threatened a man in a in a bathroom of a tavern with a knife, <laughs> you know I was talking. Uh, I remember talking to my grandmother about this, and she would because this was a real shocker to everybody, mm-hmm. and she said that's when society changed. Is because of these murders. She knew that there wasn't no soul left in this country. She said that a long time ago. That's how much these murders affected Chicago. Well, and you, and, and what well, craps, craps, <laughs> instead of cracks. Well, if we move forward to like July of 1966, uh, he he spent the whole day pretty much in nearby taverns drinking. Mm-hmm. He accosted a woman at knife point. She was a 53-year-old woman. Right. And they still let him get away, right? Oh, he, he, he didn't even get get caught on that one. And then he went to dinner after that. Mm-hmm. He, because uh, when he was with See, her, to discuss on he, your face says it all right now. When he, he took her to the, like, a hotel room that he was in. Right. It was called Shipyard Inn. Right. And um, he raped her, stole her black $16 mail order. 22 caliber ROM pistol. It was her pistol. Oh, yeah. Stole. For those that don't know, you used to be able to uh, mail order a fucking gun. Mm hmm. 
I remember reading some of these old uh, ads for Sears Roebuck. They would sell you a fucking Tommy gun. <laughs> so he left the hotel room dressed entirely in black, armed with a switchblade and LMA Hooper's handgun. That's After- one of the reasons why switchblades probably were outlawed, because that cocksucker. <laughs> After dinner at the nearby Kay's Pilot House, Speck returned to drink at the Shipyard Inn's Tavern until about 10.30. Then he walked about a mile and a half towards the nurse's townhouse So there had to be, on 100th Street. So he, uh, they're saying, that you see how they're bringing this shit up? He was drinking, drinking, he was drunk, yeah. he was an alcoholic. Yeah. That's like them trying to make an excuse of why he did stuff. That's what they're saying right there. Mm-hmm. And that's total bullshit. So by 11 p.m. on July 13th, 1966, Speck broke into the 2300 block, it's uh, on 100th Street, a townhouse in Chicago. Mm-hmm. The townhouse was functioning as a dormitory for student nurses. He entered using only a knife and killed one, two, three, four. I'm not naming them all. Why? They deserve the Gloria Davy, Patricia Matuzic, Nina Jo Schmally, Pamela Wilkin- Wilkening, mm. Susan Ferris, Marianne Jordan, Matil- I'm probably killing some of these names, Martila uh, Gargiulio. And Valentina Payson, Speck, who later claimed he was both drunk and high Ah, on drugs, there it is. May have originally planned to commit just a routine burglary. Speck held the women in in a room for hours, leading them out one by one, stabbing or strangling each to death, then finally raping and strangling the last victim... That was 22-year-old Gloria Davy. Intervals between 20 and 30 minutes lapsed between each murder. One woman, Carazon Amaro, Mm -hmm. escaped death because she crawled, uh, crawled and hid under the bed while Speck was out of the room. Speck passed possibly, they say, lost count or might have known Eight women lived in the townhouse, but unaware the ninth woman was spending the night. She stayed hidden until almost 6 a.m. Fingerprints were found all over the scene matching Specs. Two days after the murder, Speck was identified by a drifter. Speck Lunsford. Lunsford was the one that identified him, and another man were drinking the evening of the 15th the fire esca- on the fire escape of the Star Hotel on West Madison. July 16th, Lunsford recognized a sketch of the murderer on the evening paper and phoned the police at 9.30 p.m. After finding Speck in Lunsford's room at the hotel, the police, however, did not respond to the call although their records show the call had been made. What's funny is, jumping ahead, you 
wonder what the Supreme Court was fucking thinking when they said in 72 that the death penalty was unconstitutional. Oh, we'll get there. Okay, I shut up and you go. Speck then <laughs> attempted suicide and the Star Hotel desk clerk phoned the emergency around midnight. He was hmm. taken to Cook County Hospital at 12.30 a.m. on the 17th. At the hospital, Speck was recognized by a doctor. Because of a tattoo, wasn't it? Because of his Born to Raise Hell tattoo that was talked about in the newspaper story. Right. Police were called and Speck was finally arrested. <laughs> so he went on this tear... Mm-hmm. And could have been stopped at He could have been all... stopped many years. He could have been stopped before he even came to Chicago. He could have been stopped in Texas. So the justice system is fucked up going all the way back to the 60s. Yeah, I mean, it's like every time he got arrested, there was something uh, wrong with his case where he he got let out after shorter periods of time. On technicalities. On technicalities, every single time. I mean, come on. I wonder how them prosecutors fucking felt uh, when they said, oh, shit, man, we could have stopped something like this. Well, yeah, they could have, couldn't they? And next thing you know, these girls are dead, and they were young. Yeah. And they were going to nursing school. Yeah. If I was that doctor, I'd have let that motherfucker die. I'd have let him die. When? When he got in there for that attempted suicide. Well, it doesn't... It, you know, the funny part is, is no matter where I looked, it did never. I could never find the reason or how he mm-hmm. attempted. I couldn't find, figure, find how he you attempted. You ever notice when people attempt to do suicide, they're really not se- uh, serious about it? No, that's not always true. Well, I'm talking about the ones that live. That's if they not, wanted to do it right, they just true. blow their head off. That's not always true. Don't, we're not going to go there. Because <laughs> we'll fight. Uh, we'll get into it. We'll, are you going to throw hands? I will. Th- no, I'm going to throw slippers. Throw slippers, huh? I'm going to throw my slipper at your head <laughs> from over here. And I will hit you. Uh, I don't gonna, know about I'm going to become range. a Hispanic mother and just... No, nah, man, that's frying pans and shit. They knock the hell out of you. You want me shit. to go get one of them on the nah. commercial? I don't know, maybe may because it'll teach you what a frying pan is, but... <laughs> Ass. So let's go to the trial. The trial. Speck's jury trial began April 3rd, 1967 in Peoria, Illinois. Damn, this was down in Peoria? Mm. Speck was positively identified by the sole surviving student nurse... And when asked if she could identify the killer of her fellow students, she rose from her seat in the witness box, walked directly in front of Speck, and pointed her finger at him, nearly touching him, saying, This is the man. Wow. The trauma she must have went through, because she would have heard the screams, wouldn't she? Yeah, she heard all of it. Witnessed all of it. And then got out of the witness stand. And went face to face with him and shoved her finger right in his face. 
Now that's some fucking right there, man. That that's something else. Mm-hmm. And I am surprised the judge let her do that. They they probably tried to stop her. She just kept going. And you can't blame her for doing that. I mean, good for her for getting all up in his personal space. Just like he did to her fellow classmates. Exactly. Maybe that's why she wasn't stopped. I wouldn't have. I'd let her shit. If it was me, hey, give her a knife, man. Cut his throat. So then get, get this, though, okay? So that the trial began on April 3rd, right? Mm-hmm. On April 15th, 49 minutes of deliberation, the jury found Speck guilty and recommended the death penalty. How many minutes? 49 minutes. It took them that long. I would have done five minutes. You're dumb guilty, motherfucker. Let's order lunch. But on June 5th, uh, Judge Herbert J. Peshin sentenced Speck to die in the electric chair. That's when we had old Sparky here in Illinois. But granted an immediate stay pending automatic appeal. Oh, give me a break. Yep. The Illinois Supreme Court subsequently upheld his conviction and death sentence on November 22nd, 1968. Do you think with the death penalty, why should it take 20 damn years for somebody to be put down? In the old days, they find him guilty, your ass is going to the gallows. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to be doing all these appeals... Then put the appeals through. Don't wait 20 years. Those families didn't get any closure because he didn't get killed. But in prison, he was treated like a bitch. Oh, but here, here's where you remember how you were talking about the death penalty itself, right? In the Supreme Court? Yeah, in 72, them cocks. June 28, 71, the U.S. Supreme Court, citing a specific case, upheld Speck's conviction but reversed his death sentence because more than 250 potential jurors were unconstitutionally excluded from his jury because of their conscientious or religious beliefs against capital punishment. So it was remanded back to the Illinois Supreme Court for resentencing. Yeah, a lot of people got the resentencing over there. So June 29th of 72, the U.S. Supreme Court declared the death penalty unconstitutional. So the Illinois Supreme Court's only option was to order Speck resentencing to prison by the original Cook County Court. What's really funny is I do not understand people... In a situation like this, how grisly it was, would fight for his life. You know how you had them protesters and shit outside the prison when one of these bastards are going to be put down? Mm-hmm. Out there, don't take a life, don't take a life. This dude took eight. Mm-hmm. The suffering that they must have went through. And you still have them kind of people that protest outside the the prison. Because I remember when Gacy was put down, I was uh, on the outside, man. That place was fucking packed. And you still had counter-protesters there that didn't want them put down. 
It's like they're on this moral mission bullshit. But here you got somebody that killed... How many people put him underneath their freaking uh, crawl space? This cock? Mm. And you got people out there chaining no death. You can tell it wasn't their people. Of course not. Shall I? On November 21st, 1972, in Peoria, Judge Richard Fitzgerald resentenced Speck to from 400 to 1,200 years in prison, eight consecutive sentences of 50 to 150 years, which then was reduced to 100 to 300 years. He was denied parole in seven minutes after his first parole hearing in 1976. And... Whoa, 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 whoa. He was even given a parole hearing? Oh, not just one. Six subsequent hearings after that, he was also denied parole. He was denied parole in 76, 77, 78, 81, 84, 87, and 1990. I don't understand that. How could you even give him a chance at parole? Especially if you had these bleeding heart liberals on one of them, they would have released his ass. Denied seven times. I'm telling you, if it was in now, in these modern times, they would have probably let him out. Most likely. So, you know where he was incarcerated, right? Old Stateville, baby. Statesville Correctional Center. F-House, I think it was. And he was given the nickname Birdman. Birdman? And then after the film Birdman, he was named after because of a movie called Birdman of Alcatraz. Because he kept a pair of sparrows that flew into his cell. You know what? I'd be pissed off if I was Birdman from Alcatraz. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of, I think, escaped. Well, you know, now his name was used for Speck. But in, in Stateville, because there was a big video that came out of there where they dressed him in panties and treated him like a punk. In one of the videos that came out, because it was corrupt back then, he was in there performing sex acts and everything. It says that in May of 1996, Chicago television news anchor Bill Curtis received videotapes made at Statesville in 1988. Bill Curtis is one of the best journalists that ever was in Chicago. And it was given to him from an anonymous attorney. Where he was doing cocaine, everything, man, right there. It was bad. They showed explicit scenes of sex, drug use, money being passed around by prisoners who seemingly had no fear of being caught. In the center was Speck performing oral sex on another inmate, sharing a large large quantity of cocaine with another inmate, parading in silk panties, sporting female-like breasts. They treated him like a punk, a bitch. And he deserved every minute of it. And he he even boasted um, 
because the way he got the female like breast was allegedly uh, someone smuggled in hormone treatments mm-hmm. and he was taking hormone treatments. They made him take it. And he boasted, if they only knew how much fun I was having, they'd turn me loose. That was a, that was a quote from Speck. What a dirty son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. What a dirty one. And from behind the camera, a prisoner asked Speck if he killed the nurses, and Speck responded, I sure did, on this videotape. See, at least with the inmates, with Dahmer, they killed that son of a bitch. And his other, and he also made the statement during this video, it was just not their night. What's that tell you about a person like that? Oh, it gets better. He also quotes in this video that they were all watching. Like I always felt, had no feeling. If you're asking me if I felt sorry, then no. It's not like TV. It takes over three minutes when you when you have a lot of strength. That was his quote during that video. So he made sure they suffered. Yes. Unbelievable. And then shortly before December 5th, 1991, Speck was transported from Stateville Correctional Center to Silver Cross Hospital in Joliet. After complaining of severe chest pains, Speck later died in the early mornings of December 5th, which was believed to be a heart attack one day shy of what would have been his 50th birthday. So he died at 49. Yes. The coroner stated Speck had an enlarged heart, emphysema, and clogged arteries, which contributed to his fatal heart attack. Karma's a bitch. Speck's sister feared that his grave would be desecrated, so she does not have an identified physical resting place. Speck was cremated, and his ashes were scattered in a secret location in Joliet. How can his sister even deal with a son of a bitch like that? He said on video he didn't care. He didn't feel nothing. Nope. He could care less. My goodness. We'll be right back after this music break.
most unbiased and trusted biker news now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock on. Rock on, baby. Rock on. Yeah. A hundred-year-old World War II vet breaks down, says, this isn't the country we fought for. I am so upset. Wow. Carl, I'm probably going to murder his last name, uh, Diekel, served in the U.S. Marines during World War II. Much of what American soldiers fought for in World War II has gone down the drain, according to U.S. Marine Carl Deckel. Let's just, let's just call him Carl. Let's just call him Carl. Who celebrated his 100th birthday last week. 100 years old, man. Congrats. And in case you're curious, this article is from yesterday's paper. But it just shows you how much with Independence Day right now, how the old fellas are feeling. Carl said, there, sir, says serving his country in World War II was the most important thing that he ever did. The veteran and Silver Star holder says he wouldn't hesitate to put his life on the line again. You heard that, right? Silver Star winner. Mm. But regrets that the U.S. has slipped away from what he remembers. Now, what do you think people are going to come back and say, well, things change. You just got to get used to it. You know what? This man's 100 years old. Leave him alone. And he was a World War II vet. Yes. And this is what a lot of vets around the country are feeling right now. Hell, you got the left out there, these loony leftists, saying, fuck Independence Day. Screw this country. They're actually out there doing it. They got the flags uh, burning everything right now on Independence Day. Yep. But it's people like Carl who fought... That gives them the right to do that. Yeah. People don't realize what they have, Carl told the outlet. The things we did and the things we fought for, all the boys that died for it, it's all just gone down the drain. Could you imagine fighting in World War II, how bad that war was for your country to see it going to where it is now? I can't even imagine how I would have felt or how he feels right now. I can't. Well, he goes <clears throat> he goes on to say we we haven't gotten we haven't got the country we had when I was raised, not at all. Nobody will have the fun I had. Nobody will have the opportunity I had. It's just not the same, and it's not what our boys, that's not what they died for. That's and a powerful statement right there. Carl's statement came the same day to the, the same day that the U.S. lost the last surviving Medal of Honor recipient, Woody Williams, who died last, you know, went last week. Uh, yeah, I told you, these oh, the World War II old-timers are starting to die off now. Exactly. They're starting to go. But he he's very, very upset, which I'm sure, you know, and he, he, he too is a fellow, you know, 
Uh, I mean, he's got the silver star. He's got the silver star. I mean, come on. And they put somebody, all their love. And you know what? They were 18, 19 year olds, 20 years old that did this. Yeah. And, and for somebody of his magnitude saying how disappointed he is with our country, you know, the day before 4th of July, mm-hmm. and he is this disappointed with how our country is right now. And you know what? I can guarantee you he ain't the only one. Do you think our country's going to shit? Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, and what a shit. kick in the ball it is that these kind of vets that had to fight and die. And look where we're at. These son of a bitches don't even respect it. That's like, okay. It's because them, again, that they get to do this dumb shit. I, I mean, we wouldn't have a lot of things we have if it wasn't for all those men and women that fought in all these damn wars. You know what I suggest? Here's what I suggest, everybody. Is, I believe it's on Amazon, The Man in the High Castle. Go watch that series. It's an alternate reality of World War II. Very good program. And it talks about how the United States lost, and you have Japan controls the West Coast, and you got the Germans controlling the East Coast, and the middle is no man's land. I really suggest that you go watch that series. It it was amazing. And it's because these guys fought that shit off. They fought it. And now you have them people do... I I can't even look at them as Americans. I don't look at them as Americans. And for him to say, this ain't the country I fought for, and here he is 100 years old, and he's still into knowing what's going on in this country, that's amazing. Sounds to me like he's still got his wits about him. He does, and the article that you're going off of, he's wearing his Marine Corps uniform with all his medals. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Veterans in West Virginia knew him as their advocate through his work as a veteran service representative. They're talking about Oh, that was Woody. Woody. Okay, yeah. Woody. But during his loss... The last 63 Living Medal of Honor recipients honored them. That's messed up. Mm-hmm. That's a hard story to take. It really is. Yeah. So let's change it up a little bit. How about that moron last night when we went to go watch the fireworks? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that is changing it up a bit. You know what is is funny with these? What a he was on a rocket, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was on a rice burner, crotch rocket, whatever and you want to call it. We have the main street by the speedway. Yes, and he was going back and forth, back and forth, doing wheelies. Yes, just to get attention. Yes, and yeah. that is the first time in my life I ever wanted to see a motorcyclist eat shit. The first time I ever wanted to see one. Because that's how bad it was. 
it was shit like that that made me think, well, wait a second. No wonder everybody can't stand these pricks. All he was doing was going up and down the fucking street, pulling wheelies. And we're talking, this ain't no side street. It is a main road. It is like four lanes of traffic. It is a main road in uh, in our area. And everybody was saying, what the fuck? Everybody that was around us were like, what is with this moron? He went by at least six times. And each time he was popping a wheelie. And of course, no cops. No cops around as usual. Usual. But now you see why a lot of people can't stand him on the sports bikes. Because... That's what gives bikers a bad name because people see that they're on a motorcycle. Next thing you know, they got an attitude problem against everybody because of what one of them little pricks did. And and he didn't even have a nice looking bike. No, he had all the plastics off. And it's like, what? what is the point? Of, what are you trying to prove here? Oh, you can hold a wheelie? Yay, you. Cares. Nobody cared, dude. Everybody that was wasn't like, the place. Everybody's just like, dude, you're an idiot. People were like, what the hell? After I the first two passes, I don't think people were even paying attention. No, they weren't because they were already pissed off at it. Because you had the kids lining the, you know, the hill. And they have to see that kind of bullshit. And that's really what, you know, young individuals should be seeing people do on motorcycles, isn't it? Whoa. No, it makes everybody wow. look bad. It's going to make everybody be like, these kids are going to be like, hey, I want to do that one day. I mean, come on. What a bad impression. Well, I know you were upset about it. I was pissed. I actually said we should leave. <laughs> I ended up not seeing the fireworks. I was mad. She was a little upset. So we left. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> It pissed me off. You don't do that shit around a... Sh- I mean, and we're talking like a shit ton. Of, we're talking like four towns worth of people. And then some. And that's why I said... Sitting on I, the edge of this road outside Rockford Speedway because they're going to blow off fireworks after the last race. And it was ridiculous. All these kids witnessing this guy being a moron. And now, how many of those kids are going to be like, hey, I want to do that? Well, exactly. Now these kids are going to go home and practice on their bikes. I mean, it's like the kids are going to get hurt. Well, they're impressionable because I know I was when I was young, you know, but I got into the different stuff as far as Harleys are concerned. I never liked the other ones. But these kids are, I mean, kids are impressionable. They're going to see that. Now they're going to go home, get on their little bicycles, and they're going to all try popping wheelies. Some kids are going to get hurt. Because, oh my god, that was cool. Because I'm like seven, and that's amazing. Mom, look, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I, it, come on. It's insanity. Totally unnecessary. And you would think the cops would have been patrolling that street since there was all these people. Well, you would have think they would because, I mean, every parking lot for every shopping center in that whole strip was packed with cars. Mm-hmm. And people were blowing off fireworks in the parking lots and, I mean, which was fine. I mean, I don't care if they're blowing off fireworks because, duh. But, you know, something like that where it's a main street and there's kids sitting on the edge of the road and there's still constant traffic. You figured the cops would be keeping an eye to make sure no one got hurt. (laughs) Which didn't happen. Which didn't happen. There were no cops around because if there were, 
six times passing by in a freaking wheelie, you figure he would have gotten busted. And he probably did it more, but we left after the sixth time because I was just pissed off. It happened. Because it made everybody look bad. But going back to this 100-year-old where he says the country isn't the same that he fought for, in Kentucky, it was a... In Kentucky, what was it, three officers? Three officers, police canine, found, uh, were dead following a shooting, a shootout at a suspect's home. A suspect's home. Yeah. Three Kentucky police officers and a police canine were killed, and at least four other officers were injured following a shootout in a residential area in the city of Allen Thursday night. Yeah. Um, police. Plus, ca- they, he killed the dog. What a prick. Police Captain Ralph uh, Frazier, Deputy William Petrie, were identified among the deceased, as well as canine Drago and canine handler Jacob Chaffin, Chaffins. Was Kentucky he using State some police. kind of rifle to kill him? Because now I just can see the freaking loony left coming out and saying, look what happened with this gun. Well... Lance Stortz, 49, was taken into custody following this shootout as two officers arrived to serve him an arrest warrant at 7 p.m. He was armed with a rifle. Go figure. Opened fire and struck both officers immediately. Go fucking figure. Yeah. It's time for Cards Against Humanity. Get your nastiness ready. Okay, we got to lighten the mood up here right there. That one kind of disgusts me. It really did. And the correlation between that and what that old timer said, now you can see we're really freaking going nuts. Anyway, what do we got for today, China, now, for Cards Against Humanity? Yeah, I was just reading at that dog. Uh He was one of them uh, Belgian Malinois or how? Malamutes? No. Malin, whatever. No, that's not how you say it. You're tongue-tied this morning, too. He was only a two-year-old dog. Oh, man. I hate when the animals get hurt. And I guess he's been a service dog since birth. Wow. So, that's that pisses me off. Those dogs go through some... They, man... They go through some training to be a canine, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, they do. So, what do we got here? All right, we got... All right, this one's, this one's goofy. Well, you what know... What is... The one delivering it. What is my secret power? What is your secret power? Not just mine. I mean your own. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was going to say she can bob a knob. (laughs) Well, that's not a secret. (laughs) If you had a secret power, make it known. What would it be? What would it be? I'd love to fly like like a Superman and shit. You're a tard. I want to be Neil from the Matrix. You're a tard. Why am I a tard? You wouldn't want to do that? No. Why? I want to be invisible. Ooh, nastiness. I want to be able to be invisible. Why you want to be invisible? So you to be a freak? So I could spy on people and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because then I could be that fly on the wall. Literally. And just like... You know what? Then you can go rob motherfuckers and... 
shit like that. I ain't gonna rob nobody, man. I'm just gonna be a spy. That's only that's what you'd use your superpower or just to be a spy? Why would I want to rob shit? Nah. Because you get away with getting the money. No, that ain't my thing. Uh-uh. So you wouldn't want to walk into invisible. a bank. No. No. No, I want to be the fly on the wall listening into people's <laughs> conversations. Yeah, we already know how much you like doing that. And you don't even need to be invisible. No, but being invisible would be more fun because then they'd talk shit and I'd be right there and they wouldn't know. <laughs> 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 you see how devious she is? I want to be invisible woman. She's fucking devious, man. Yeah, I'd be invisible woman. And you want to fly like Superman. Dude. Hell yeah! Whatever, you'd fucking fly into a bird and fall. Either that or into a wall. Remember the greatest American hero he in the 80s? He always flew into walls. Flew into fucking walls. That'd be me. Randy Russell wants to be able to read minds. Read minds? He wants to do a Jedi mind trick. Dude, that could be dangerous. <laughs> Especially your mind. Bushwolf wants super strength. Super strength? <laughs> you know, if you're if if you're a parent, super strength automatically kicks in if your kids are in danger. That it does. There's a lot of stories like that. Oh, there's a crap ton of stories. There's stories about mothers lifting cars off their kid. I mean, it gets that crazy because it just like it kicks in. Damn right it does. But, it, I mean, super strength, yeah, that'd be cool. I wouldn't want to read people's minds, because half these people, man, you'd fuck your own mind up wondering what the fuck's in their minds. Fuck it, I, That's why I want to be invisible, because then this way you can hear what they're talking about instead of, you know, listening into their minds, because that'd be... <laughs> you fuckers wouldn't want to be in my mind. You'd all be fucked up. We'd be confused. Oh, my God. You guys would be more confused than I am. And she's confused a lot. I am. And 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 it it's not just because I'm blonde. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys and gals, go enjoy your Fourth of July. Be careful out there. Don't blurp, don't blow off a finger. <laughs> Make sure you have all your hands, toes, and other appendages attached after this Fourth of July. Do not shoot bottle rockets out your jean pants uh, in your. Yeah, zipper. we got we got kind of uh, a lot of special people, don't we? We do. <laughs> Let's please keep all our appendages on and attached. Do not burn anything. And that's all for Motorcycle Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku. As well as go get the Insane Throttle radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.